to the Batmobile. Let's go. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger. Ready to move out. Holy smokes, Batman. It's Gaggle's Geeks with uh, Blake Howard and Sophie Live. Ah, uh, geese time. Gaggle, gaggle time. Gaggle. Welcome to your weekly geekly 2SER's Gaggle of Geeks podcast. I am Blake Howard. And, and I'm Sophie. Joining me as always. I'm Sophie Lai. Hi, guys. Sorry. So- we're, hello. Sorry we're a bit late this week. We missed May the 4th. Oh, I know. We missed May. And May the 4th, I hope the 4th was with you on the 4th. Um, but unfortunately, uh, I've had a uh, some kind of Wookiee. A level disease, um, and it ripped my arms off <laughs> um, and beat me up and threw me into a sarlacc pit, and now I've recovered, um, and I'm out of here. So, uh, Soph has retrieved me, and thank you very much for that, Soph. And, uh, yeah, we're back. Yeah, so glad to hear that. You're doing okay, Blake. You're alive. Thank you. Thank you, Soph. Yes. All good. And we miss May the 4th. May the 4th. I hope the 4th was with you on May the 4th. Mm, clearly wasn't with you, but we got it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. Clearly. Clearly. Clearly wasn't. Um, before we even kick off, we know uh, today, the day that you're listening to this podcast, it's Free Comic Book Day, so hello everyone, I hope you had an awesome day, and uh, and I hope you picked up some great stuff, um, but we have to quickly talk about Star Wars just right from the front. Um, so... The thing we want to talk about, number one, is uh, Soph and I were both uh, having lady and manly boners over Donald Glover's oh. tour of Lando Calrissian's My God. Um, delightful Millennium Falcon. Oh. Oh, so delicious. <laughs> anyway, um, you can't have enough Donald Glover as far as we're concerned. But there was actually bigger news this week, which is there hasn't been any more details, no more trailers, there's lots of TV spots and stuff. I think we're basically seeing as much as we're going to see of Solo before it is released in a couple of weeks' time. Mm -hmm. Um, But on May the 4th, pre-sales have started. So actually, even in Australia, you should be able to start buying midnight tickets because they are doing a midnight screening of Solo for a bunch of people to see. So um, we will... You know, possibly be getting along to one of those, and we'll let you guys know a little bit um, closer to the date. But oh, no. Ron Howard was on Stephen Colbert's Late Show mm. talking about George Lucas coming to set and having a bit of a visit after he has after he took over in those sort of weird circumstances. Yeah, that would have been such an interesting thing because they go way back as well. Way back. American Graffiti back. You know, a masterpiece. If you've never seen American Graffiti and you're listening to this podcast, you need to seek it out. George Lucas's amazing sort of uh, night in the life of sort of uh, a bunch of teenagers in the 50s. And it's just this really fantastic, beautiful sort of coming of age story that all happens in one night. Pretty much inspired Happy Days. Um, it's a masterpiece. And then, you know, George went on to go and make Star Wars, of course. So they go back a long way. And even behind the scenes, fans of Willow um, would uh, would uh, check out the credits there. It's all George Lucas behind the scenes and Ron Howard in the director's chair. So working together on another so- fantasy a long time ago. So um, once he was in there, Ron Howard even actually said, like, George Lucas was on set and, and you know, gave him a line. Um, a line uh, that potentially could be reset, an alternate line, and he shot it. So there may even be even more sprinkle of uh, George Lucas uh, in there as well. So uh, interesting stuff. It's so strange. Like, 
you know, that he's still so heavily embedded, even though he's kind of a bit kicked out on the sidelines on this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, he, he will never not be a part of the Star Wars universe. I think it's just silly to not think that he is um, in some way, shape or form. It's like, you know, it would be like George R. R. Martin writing those books and then them going off and doing spin-offs, you know, he, you know. He, he, he built the universe with which all of the things come back and cycle back to and he had such a you know an influence so it's impossible to not see that he's there but it's great to he, you know hear other voices in that in that wheelhouse and there's some other interesting stuff too he talked about the first day being on set being super nervous especially around the circumstances that he got the job and he said after they did a really you know they did this really complicated take and there was things happening um, a lot of action. When it went well and it succeeded, he knew he was on the right track because he got a fist bump and a hug from Chewbacca. Aww. And so he said, if you can be in a movie and get a fist bump and a hug from Chewbacca, you A, know you're in the Star Wars universe, <laughs> and B, know you're on the right track. And I'm like, well, that's great. You know, well done. That's, that's really kind of beautiful. It's oh, so cute. Anyway. It's cute. I hope this movie doesn't suck. Um, okay, so that's... Well, uh, yeah, that's well, I mean, we're still calling it Uno. Uno. I hope it's good. I, you know, I really do too. And I mean, like, come on. Um, when we're looking at Donald Glover's um tour of the crib that is the Millennium Falcon, he had a whole room dedicated to his capes. A whole yeah, he had a cape room. That uh, and you know that that room was immediately cleaned out when Han Solo got the Falcon. There was no more capes to be found. No, (laughs) just a cape room would have been much more practical. I love that he's like, and this is the entertainment section. I'm like, that is a cupboard, and yet you have a whole room <laughs> for your capes. You know you're doing well. Yeah. Yeah, he's a stylish man. He's got it. He's got it. I know. And then he showed off the fur coat. I'm like, mm, when are you wearing that again? Mm. <laughs> Seriously, the thirst is strong with this one. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that was that was Star Wars this week. Oh, that was Star Wars. This that week. was Star Wars. And just so you know, so I mm. know we've got lots of cool stuff to cover, but I've remembered what I wanted to rant with you about as well. So just just know, guys, I know that sometimes the rant doesn't come until later, but I just, I'm just i just warning you up front. The rant is the rant is here, so if I know what it's about. Oh, okay. Well, I'll see if I can prod it into, prod it, like, somehow. <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll come a little bit later. But free comic book day, probably the day you're listening to this, was an amazing week for comic book fans again. I actually don't understand whether I love, you know, I've got such conflicted feelings. I don't know whether I love Deadpool movies mm-hmm. or whether I love Deadpool movie marketing more. Like, I just don't actually know because the Deadpool 2 marketing so far has been outstanding and a Celine Dion oh. huge, like, o- like operatic diva <laughs> number that includes Deadpool dancing around in heels, red leather heels, in fact, is just so outstanding and perfect. I, I just didn't even, I couldn't even understand what I was watching while I was watching it. Well, first I was like, wait, is this really Celine Dion doing <laughs> a Deadpool video clip? Because this is Celine Dion, the Canadian diva who has been locked up in Vegas for like what feels like 20 years. Pretty much. And now she is doing a spot for Deadpool, a very beautiful power ballad called Ashes. Um, with, as you mentioned, dancing in stilettos, a d- dancing Deadpool in stilettos, who is, which is done by Yanis Marshall, who people might be familiar with when he did, um, I think Britain's Got Talent. So he's known as the, the guy who dances in heels. So they got him out to do that. 
then there's just this God, one. he can move too, the kid. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. He's, he's stunning. Yeah, he's done like Beyonce routines and everything. He's amazing. Wow. But, um, so, but this is the bit we want to talk about, Blake. That was amazing. That was the most beautiful performance I've ever seen in my life. Thank you so much. Thank you. No, thank you. We need to do it again. Okay. Why? Well, it's too good. Yeah, this is this is Deadpool 2, not Titanic. All right, you're at like an 11. We need to get you down to a five, five and a half tops. Just phone it in. Listen, this thing only goes to 11. So beat it, Spider-Man. God, I should have asked NSYNC. <laughs> oh, that was just too perfect. <laughs> so good. I mean, NSYNC, I would have not been like, not... I wouldn't be happy with that, considering they did get no. their star this week. No, no, it's, it's there is nothing. There's nothing as good as that. There's nothing as good as Celine Dion because, like, where did that even come from? I don't also, know. he's like he's a Canadian. So, guys, if you don't know with Ryan Reynolds, you're not sure. He's a Canadian through and through. You know, he he comes from Vancouver. If you look at him on Twitter, it's Van City Reynolds. Like mm. that's he's he's a proud Vancouveran, and, and he, although he lives in sort of I think it's about an hour out of New York City with his wife and his two kids. Mm. Um, like he, he's most, you know, he's most definitely a proud Canadian guy, and she's the queen. So, like, how do you how do you add class to a movie that is intentionally crash and classless? You know, you have Celine Dion do the title track. Oh that's like God. this beautiful number that makes no sense. It's just perfect. It's great. It's uh, you know, it, 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 it it's totally incongruous, but it's perfect. That's why it's the best. If you had something that even remotely matched, you know, if, it would totally make sense to like get DMX out there to do like a number or something like that, like some of the rad tracks in the original soundtrack. But totally now, you've got to you've got to do it. It's it's just too simply beautiful, and like it's just gorgeous marketing, as you mentioned. And I feel like this is what every marketing campaign should be thinking out of the box in such beautiful ways that involves more Celine Dion. Yeah. Look and and. There's also one sort of hidden bit of marketing, really. You know, if you're in Oz, um, some of us might be members, uh, subscribers to like New York Times, and I would strongly recommend that you do if you if you're not. Mm. Um, there's a great profile on Ryan Reynolds, and you know, sometimes you have to have a star that is willing to do crazy stuff, you know, as their character to to really make this sing. Because there's not really, you know, until you you know you had the Taika Waititi. You know the guy living with Thor, and then then living with the Grandmaster. Yes. You know, and so you've got actors that are willing to play silly and take it to weird, weird places. You don't really have the opportunity to have this much fun. And I think like that Ryan Reynolds in this great profile that's in New York Times. If you want to have a look at it, talking you know as himself, not as Deadpool, just talks about how like his safe place is being Wade. You know, um, is is like being crazy. Being all out there, he loves this alter ego because he gets to hide in there. Because you know, mm. he as a man himself is pretty, pretty anxious kind of guy. So I think you just got to. It's this weird thing that happens, and and like you even look at. I mean, Johnny Depp didn't do it as much. Uh, doesn't do it as much in the marketing. It's probably a missed opportunity with some of the pirate stuff. And also, he's a creep, but <laughs> he's done some really amazing stuff. Um, you know, that you can't deny with like going to children hospitals and visiting kids and stuff as Jack Sparrow, and often does it when they're on set. 
um, you know, doing stuff. He'll go and dress as Jack Sparrow and go visit a children's hospital for a day in character. So you get that sort of stuff, and it's just amazing. You know, it does amazing stuff for the kids, and um, and it can really be really good marketing as well. But you know, Ryan Reynolds, it feels like this is the role he was born to play, and also you know, if they do it his way and they be brave with it, it just keeps you know escalating, 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 and just going going crazy. It's fantastic. Only two more weeks. Two more weeks. I'm kind of two sad because that means two. like no more marketing drops like this. No, pretty much. We're we're pretty much at the end of the rope. This is this is the pièce de résistance, and it should be. It should be. Celine, when you can drop a Celine Dion song as part of your marketing, then you're good. You're you're in a really great place. Oh, so good, too good. Why? Well. Speaking of Marvel, though, um, we will chat about Infinity War because it is uh, now the largest grossing film. <laughs> it beat uh, Justice it's, League. It's, it's on its way. It's right. uh, you know in six days, which beat Justice League, which it's very happy with. Mm. Um, it got up to seven hundred and fifty odd million dollars worldwide. So it's the fastest fastest movie to gross to like 500 million it's like the highest grossing opening weekend ever um, and sort of took the baton from a uh, uh, with a really cute little picture from Star Wars, Ray handing over the lightsaber baton to a Thanos's, uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, an Iron Man glove. Um, but yeah, so really, really, um, really cool there. But you, I mean, it, there's no doubt, you know, it was going to make it was going to make big money. All these movies make big money, but yeah, it was just, you know, I think I think I think the quality of the movie speaks to the fact that people have, you know, gone along to see it because it was brave and. You know, ha, you know, did did such cool stuff that people were along to see it. But it's just massive. It'll it'll probably roll into the biggest, the biggest movie ever at, at the box office. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. It's just weird because it's like they're all Disney. Like, you know, you've got the Star Wars, you've got this, and you're like, the Monopoly is coming. It's coming fast. It's coming hard. It's here. Yeah, it's like, it's it's pretty crazy. It's just you just. The only thing that you hope, and this is one thing that Disney have done relatively well, mm. they've let Marvel be Marvel, and they've let their Star Wars production house, Lucasfilm, be Lucasfilm. Um, so, and they've let Pixar be Pixar. To be fair, and so really, the only like Disney Disney thing is um, is their own animation. So you get like the Disney, you know, the Disney animation studios that brought us things like Moana and Tangled and mm. Frozen. That's actually the real Disney stuff. And then there's a couple of movies, you know, uh, live action movies in there as well. So the thing is, now that 20th Century Fox is coming under there and they've bought some of those titles, you just hope that they've got the right segmentation to sort of keep some things apart, especially a studio like Fox Searchlight, who's this little independent studio that's making adult movies and, you know, um, uh, and you know, making dramas and independent films, like you kind of wish that they just keep them doing their own thing, um, and then Disney as the overarching distributor can just distribute them and, and do what they've got to do. The challenge, though, is they've they're going to be distributing. They're going from like twenty percent market share to forty percent. Mm. So their calendar, just as far as publicity and squeezing things in, their calendar is going to just be insanity. Like because. If you're making like a little studio like Fox Searchlight and you make four movies a year, you're now competing with you know before you didn't care what you were competing with. Now Disney are you know going to have to program and counter program their own calendar. Like they're going to be 40% of all movies that are released in one year at the cinemas is going to be coming out of that one studio. It's kind of crazy. So it's um 
uh, not to mention what the potential is for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Let's not even go there yet, um, because that might just even grow even further into this huge behemoth of a thing. But yeah, it's uh, it's really super interesting. Really super interesting at the moment. Well, despite everything that's been happening with Infinity War, because I'm still a little recovering, Marvel did drop this little trailer known as Ant-Man and the Wasp. So, how long have you been Ant-Man again? Not long. It just sort of happened. I wish I could fight bad guys like you. I seem to mess it up almost every time. Maybe you just need someone watching your back. Hi. Like a partner. Dr. Pym, I actually heard what happened to you. You opened up the quantum realm. That's when this crazy creepy ghost who like walks through walls and stuff. Stole your tech. And now she wants to take over the world or whatever. Who would have believed that in your hour of need, you would turn to us? Not me. Because I mean, we robbed you. Do you remember? That's us. The only chance we've got is both of you. Ant-Man and the Wasp teaming up. Follow my lead. She seems more intense. You go low, I'll go high. I have wings. Why would I go low? We're gonna die. I don't wanna die. We didn't die. Hey, what I miss? We were just tiny. I was partners with Hank on a project called Goliath. How big did you get? My record, 21 feet. You? 65 feet. 65. If you two are finished comparing sizes... 65. Oh, dear. <laughs> Why does it always come down to that, Blake? I think this movie embraces that that's exactly what it's going to come down with. That's the Paul <laughs> Rudd side of this movie. This is the Wasp movie mm. featuring Ant-Man, and that's what we want. That's exactly what we want. We needed Evangeline Lilly as the Wasp to be there. We're dying to see if we get to you know encounter Michelle Pfeiffer mm. um, in this in the Phantom Zone or whatever it's called. Um, and, yeah, I like the villain. The look at the villain looks pretty rad. Michael Peña's back. That's always good. Um, yeah, I, you know. I'm much more excited about the prospect of Ant-Man and the Wasp than just another Ant-Man movie because that was the whole thing. As soon as you saw Evangeline Lilly there, you're like, this is where this series can go. Paul Rudd is always better when he's sort of begrudgingly a sidekick. He's way better. He's funnier. Totally. Um, He's he's, he's the best kind of leading man who's getting sort of browbeaten by a lady counterpart. And I think that her kicking ass and just being better than him all around is exactly what I want to see out of this old <laughs> franchise. I really don't care about Paul Rudd's Ant-Man, to be honest. I'm sorry if that sounds really bad. I just don't care. I'm all about the Wasp. I'm all about Evangeline. Well, their chemistry is there, so I'm, I'm very, I'm looking forward to it. But as mentioned, I, the first time I saw that, I was like, I'm not ready for this yet. 
I was honestly still just like, all the things that have just happened in Infinity War. Yeah, you've just got to kind of breathe. Yeah. This is the. I, I think it's falling at a great time because, you know, I think these universes sometimes have to look outward and they have to look inward, so it's just interesting to see where it'll intersect. Um, but, you know, the, you know, we talked about the expansion of the universe with Doctor Strange, with magic. We talked about it with space, with Guardians and Thor. We talked about it with this, you know, unknown, you know, the unknown realms of the inside, you know, and, and, and with Ant-Man, that's always been, you know, same with the Atom in the DC universe. It's always been the most fascinating, you know, what happens mm. when you shrink down. And even in the most recent um, Dark Knight series, the Master Race was about, you know, the, the shrunken, the, the shrunken uh, Kryptonians who then got supersized um, back to, you know, a full-sized Kryptonian army that descended on Earth. You know, I think that that's, there's so much potential with that. So really looking forward to see how they play with it. And I hope it's, I hope it's as ambitious as uh, we think it's going to be, as opposed to uh, you know playing it safe. I hope it, I hope it goes crazy. I hope it goes a bit weird and crazy with that Phantom Zone. We will see. We will see. For Blake, this wouldn't be Gaggle of Geeks if we didn't have a bit of this. I'm sorry, I'm not JJ Abrams. They say, oh, Tiger, we wish we called you JJ Abrams. Who should have called oh, it? the weekly Watiti. <laughs> weekly we, Watiti. We can't can't ever go a week without Tiger News. And FX has picked up the What We Do in Shadows TV series. And what better way to celebrate it than Tiger Watiti himself jumping onto Twitter and told Jermaine Clement, his uh, co-star and co-collaborator, uh, uh, and I want to I want to read this exact quote. <laughs> so I'm just bringing it up on Twitter as we talk. Try not to screw this up, Jermaine Clement. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, uh, yeah, very, yeah. very good. Very good. So uh, it's been picked up for stuff. 10 episodes because originally it was only the pilot. So now officially 10 episodes by FX. Um, Taika won't be starring in it, though, sadly. He'll be in the background. No, no yeah, look, and for, for folks who, um, you know, I think for folks who aren't familiar, like Taika's been a guy who's been – behind the camera for a chunk of the time and then would always come out on, in front of the camera to sort of have fun. Mm. But he's got so many projects that are on the bubble at the moment. So firstly, there's this crazy uh, World War II where he's sort of a, a, a Nazi ghost. Um, that, <laughs> imaginary that, friend, I do believe the term was. Oh, sorry, imaginary Nazi friend, of course. I How have I so wrong? But also now there's, a, there's a, actually a stop motion movie called Bubbles, which I'm not sure if you guys have heard about, where he's collaborating with Dan Harmon to make a Michael, uh, make a story about Michael Jackson's chimp that's surrounded by the life of Michael Jackson. Um, and so that's also happening as well. So his upcoming stuff, whether it's what we do in Shadows, behind the scenes, writing, helping, producing, um, this, this imaginary friend movie where he's in it as well in front of the screen, um, and now Bubbles. Uh, this guy's stuff is getting weirder. Um, and just better, you know. He, what a resume he's putting together. So he's just, you know, he's the king at the moment. And he's just doing whatever the hell he wants and stretching himself in all these interesting and fun ways. So we're always interested with uh, new stuff uh, that that's coming our way from Taika. I know, but like, I loved his vampire. His vampire that was stuck in the 18th century. It was beautiful. Oh, no, he was such a little cute dandy, wasn't he? He was such a dandy, the best <laughs> dandy there ever was. I oh, know he was so good, but. There's no doubt. Like, bet your bottom dollar he'll be in, like, one episode. He'll be in a couple. Like, he, he may not be there all the time, but he'll be around. Because you know, when you're producer of the show and you come and check it out, 
it's not exactly hard makeup for him to get in. It's just Tyker with like white powder on his face and a, and a cravat. So you know, it's not going to be hard for him to come in there. Well, I certainly hope so because everything that he's appeared in, even as like you know a small role, like when you watch Hunt for the Wilder People, him as that priest. Oh, the priest is so good. It was he starts to talk about starts to talk about confectionery and can't stop. Oh yeah, my god. Like, it's moments like that when he was Korg in Thor Ragnarok and then everyone's like, who is this? He just stole the whole film in a way. And also, Tom Hiddleston started actually dropping his um, Korg impersonation. Not bad, not bad. Yeah, I'm pretty impressed with uh, Hiddleston. Yeah, I was just like, damn, he really can do impersonations well. Because you know that Australian accent, though, is is easier than the Australian accent, to be fair. Australian accent is weirder. It is, but he, the Aucklandness, the Aucklandness, the Aucklandness, the Not Auckland all... bounciness of it. <laughs> exactly, that is hard. That is hard. <laughs> so, so we've had Tiger news this week. Yep. We've had Deadpool news this week. We have. We've had comics news and, and Uno news this week. Uno. There was also another trailer that dropped this week. Mm. I think you need to play it, Soph. I think you need to play it. Soph, can you bring up? And this is for the rant. Can you play? The new Robin Hood trailer. Oh my god! <laughs> Do I have to? Yes, you have to. Why? And for everyone listening, you have to listen to this because you'll understand where my rant is coming from expressly <laughs> when you hear this. You're not curious who's under the hood. There's been whispers. got our commoners looking up, seeing hope. If I may, I propose a bounty. A thousand a week until he's caught or killed. I've never seen anything like you. You stare death in the face. That's why I chose you. You're not curious? Who's under the hood? He's obviously well trained. You clatter him, he's a smash and grabber, nothing more. Who do you think the thief is? He's all of us. You're an admirer. He has his qualities. He's not you. Are you sure? Now, you have to be a warrior. You wanted to steal? Now's your time. Was that supposed to happen? Yeah, of course. Seriously, Blake. (laughs) 
I don't really even need to rant. What the fuck is that? I don't it's, know. It's the same. It's like when these properties get rebooted, you understand, you know, you know, expanding on certain elements, and even the Russell Crowe, even the sort of misguided Russell Crowe Robin Hood uh, with Ridley Scott that kind of. I don't know, tried to recontextualize it, make it more historically accurate in some ways and then tweak certain things in other ways and, and then, you know, set up for a series that it never really became because it was kind of terrible. It, it tried to do something different. When you look at this, it's like, it, it's just sexier. That's all they're doing. They're just trying to make it sexier and make things a little bit supersized. It doesn't feel any different. Oh, so what? Robin Hood's a member of the court? Like, he's a rich dude who's doing it? It's just... Do you know- like stop, <laughs> just stop. It's bad. Just stop it. It reminds me of when they try to redo Hansel and Gretel as like witch hunters, and oh I was my like, God, it's fucking bad movie. That was Maria, terrible. Maria, former alumni of this podcast, loves that movie. It's terrible. <laughs> it's-, it's terrible. This is so bad it, for me. Okay? That was I'm- so bad. It was good that I can like get really drunk on wine and watch it and have a really great laugh. No, no I, can't, I can't. I can't do it on this. I was. Um, the, the best thing I love about it is from. Um, Birth at movies death.com, who was like, who had to write up about it because it dropped, and they were like, Well, the Robin Hood trailer's here if that's something you give a shit about. <laughs> yes. So the, <laughs> it's just, it's not doing anything. It's not making anything, it's not making anything more historically accurate. It's not making anything interesting. I've not. It's the. It's this is like a dead rant because it's like that. That trailer rants for itself. It, <laughs> it, it's just a shit help. It's a shit heap. None of the actors look char- charismatic. Jamie Dornan almost looks like she wants to be there less than some of those later Fifty Shades movies. <laughs> and Taron that's saying Edgerton something. Taron Egerton is like, he's no, just no. Um, Jamie Fox, love Jamie Fox. Why are you there, Jamie Fox? What you doing, Jamie Fox? You're not even like I know he's trying to Morgan Freeman it, like from the original sort of Robin Hood <laughs> Prince of Thieves with Kevin Costner, which is mm, terrible because it has Christian Slater in it and Kevin Costner, which is mm, crazy, and they both just don't have English accents, which is also which, crazy. Which is and, why it's fantastic. <laughs> but that movie is like the trashy fantastic. It has a Brian Adams song, exactly. Which it has a Brian Adams song. It has Alan Rickman kicking ass oh and taking God. names and literally being fantastic as a sheriff of Nottingham. So I just don't understand. Like I watched this trailer and I thought, if you're going to be rebooting a franchise, so many of these things, absolutely you want to take the essence, but you've got to do something with it. And the best one was like, you only have to go back, and it's about a decade old now. Like you go back to something like The Mask of Zorro. Mm. That is such a fantastic Martin Campbell taking the Zorro myth, taking also the Zorro uh, uh, ethos and, and and sort of taking the legacy of Zorro and bringing it in and doing something with it and making it extremely fun and swashbuckling and awesome. And I'm just like, they share so many similarities, the Robin Hood myth, the Zorro myth. It's like I would much rather see a Zorro reboot just because then you get some people of color on screen and some fantastic young Hispanic actors that are doing some really cool stuff and telling that story again and giving it a, a chance to breathe with some years under its belt. But, man, it just is – it's just shithouse. There's nothing – stop, really. Come on, Robin Hood. What are we doing? I just want to say, Tim Minchin, what are you doing in there? You are better than that. 
Is he in this? He is in this. There is a shot of him, like a profile shot of him, and he's in the list of credits. Like, Tim Minchin is in it. Okay, well, on behalf of everyone, (laughs) this is a very short rant. (laughs) Fuck this movie in advance, okay? Fuck this movie in advance. Something to look forward to in November, eh? No, no, it's not. Not hate watching it with you, otherwise there might be another rant. Oh, I'll bring plenty of wine. We can hate watch it together. So I don't know. I don't know. Oh, we can bring your screaming children in, and they can scream and make it even better. <gasps> no, I'd rather, <laughs> much rather put Tangled on at home and watch my daughter hypnotised. <laughs> oh, fine. No fun, Blake. You're no fun anymore. <laughs> but that's it for another gaggle of geeks this week. Oh, it's been a fun one. Yeah, it's been great. It's been lots of fun. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, 2SER's Gaggle Geeks Podcast. Um, if you want to follow Soph, it's at Soph underscore lie. If you want to follow me on the Twitters, it's at Blakey's Batman. And you can just follow at 2SER for all of our updates. And so hot right now on at 11 a.m. on Saturday mornings, and you can hear the shortened, more concise version of this show every week. You! Until next time. Bye! Bye.